as I encourage myself to pray in the Holy Ghost all the time. All the time. It is the key. I know there's so many keys you go, yeah, one more key, one more key. But it is really key to the Spirit-filled life and to tapping into what God has for us now. Well, I believe we're in perilous times. Do you all believe there's some, some tough times around and ahead? You just They can't even get all the news in in a cycle anymore. There's so much that's just shot up here and fell off there, and the weather is just devastating. Uh, there's three nor'easters in the northeast in 11 days. I don't even know what a nor'easter is, but I got a picture one, and I, <laughs> you can't come to Alabama. So, amen. I don't want one of those. So, just, so we just should pray. We should pray out. Plus, the Word talks about how uh, we pray out mysteries. You just think you thought something, but if you prayed the Holy Ghost, it, it, it came alive. It got uncovered inside of you. And everything that's down here by revelation percolates up, and you know it with your senses. You know it's down there. You know it's, it's about you. You have a sense, but then it becomes clear as it comes up and, um, and makes connection with your, with your mind, and uh, you'll know things. And I tell you, to, know, to make the right step is the most important thing that you can do in your life right now. I'm telling myself all the time, I want you to think right. I hadn't always thought right. You know, an extreme would be, well, preachers are just after your money. Well, that's wrong thinking. Have some preachers just been after your money? Absolutely. Absolutely. But that doesn't make everybody that. If we stereotype anybody, we have to stereotype us, each one of us. We have to say, well, you know, whatever. Um I'm going to do something real special tonight. I've been, I've been going over into the holy place. And, uh, you know, Debbie uh, got where she, oh, she's always been this way, but she got where she couldn't walk a lot. So she sat in what we call the electric chair, affectionately called it the electric chair in the house. It was a recliner. And she would just pray. She'd just pray and pray. And sometimes when she'd go, get on it, I'd be in the other end of the house, which is in a long ways. But I've had long houses, and, <laughs> and I remember in West Texas, the, she'd get up, and the holy hour was from 6 to 7, and no kid, no husband crossed the threshold of that door unless somebody was on fire. And even then, you ought to be trying to put it out. She was praying, and she prayed out, and she, she got us. And I tell you, I miss that. I thought I was doing better than I am because I was riding on, well, you all know what I mean, hallelujah. Well, she kept a journal when she prayed, and I've got the last one, and I've been going through it trying to find any clues about what she knew about herself and about us and other things that would shed a light because I told y'all, this is real personal. I'm not taking this lightly, but I'm, I just, I, I'm, I'm real, uh, I'm real transparent. I'm just, I do not. Don't tell me something you don't want told, because <laughs> I tell it. But uh, she told me uh, last summer. She said I've had a, I've had an experience with the Lord. Um, I got over there. I didn't care, which I immediately knew she meant. She didn't care if she came back. And she said I'll talk to you about it later. And I never got to talk to her about it. I just I, either I blew it by not asking, or she just whatever. So I've been looking in these books to see what it was that she got over and got about. Well, as I've been going through them, there's just treasures in these. This is uh, this one is uh, got some 16 in it right here. 
And, I, you know, this, I, I'm sure this is personal to her, and there are some personal things in here, and I don't even like to read them myself, but um, there's some real nuggets in here. And so I want to share, I wanted to read a page of it to y'all. Uh, not, not because it's Debbie, but just because it's just, it's just amazing truth. If that's all right with y'all. Uh, now y'all know, or let me just tell you if you don't know, uh, Deborah Ann loved Debbie, just like y'all do, even though she wasn't here. But uh, so apparently Facebook sends you, uh, I'm not on it much, so I don't know, but the other day she got a five-year anniversary of a message that Debbie had sent her. I mean, and they're best friends in this, in this, you know, bless you and you're, you're this and you're doing good and, and, and gave her a word and, you know, it was just, it was just precious. So as it is, Deborah loved Debbie and Debbie loved Deborah, even though she didn't come over to the house or anything like that. It was that thing. But, um, she lets me talk about Debbie and there's no, there's no, you may think that it, you may think she's uncomfortable when I talk about Debbie in front of her, but this isn't that kind of deal. I didn't divorce her and I didn't kill her. And I, I mean that seriously. So there's nothing here. It's just, this is a transition. This is a, this is a smooth line. And I tell y'all, I was born again early and I uh, was raised in a godly family. I had godly parents, I had a godly grandmother that made me have godly parents. And, uh, I married my childhood sweetheart, uh, my, not my childhood, my high school sweetheart. Moved from Arizona in uh, 1968. I was a sophomore, and uh, she was a freshman. And, you know, just the whole story. Went to, went to college, got married, got to farm for 10 years. I was a good farmer, too. I was, a, I was intense. I was a good farmer. It was just the thrill of my life. He called me out into the ministry. In 19, I got the Holy Ghost in 1980. Just, just changed my life and everything. And then, uh, then we started church in 1982, and just uh, lived just shy of 44 years. Just the, the happiest two people on the planet. Uh, it was from August to uh, she. She passed August 11th. We would have been married 44 years, August 19th. And so, uh, and then. This time that she was gone, I said I was gonna just—I was just gonna see if the Lord would let me uh, pastor single. I offered that to him. It's not like I said I want to, but I offered it to him. I said I'm willing. And then somebody, uh, Pastor West, came to me because I told him to hear from God for me because I was a little wonky. I don't know if y'all know what that is, but I—I I, I was having trouble. Uh, getting my feet up under me uh, sometimes. I'd think things. I went and bought a pickup. I went and bought a camper. Colin, Colin about lost it because he said, Dad, you got too many choices. You got too many choices. You, we got we to rope you and put you in the corral. <laughs> That's what he told me. So, uh, so and then I got married again, and I'm just, I'm just, as, I am, I've, I've had a perfect life. All my parents are still, I, all my kin, I've not lost any kinfolks uh, except just, just had a perfect life, and so God's good. I'm telling you all this not to talk about my history, but to enforce that that I'm a covenant man, just like you are, and God 
will enforce the covenant. And even though she left and I didn't cause her to leave and I don't know, I don't, I always examined to see if I could have saved her. I sure tried. I sure put in everything I could. But for whatever reason, she's gone and I'm still here. But Deborah, back to that, Deborah, I've got every family portrait that I ever had in my house. Debbie's in the middle of all of them, of course. It's just not a problem. I said, here, this this furniture, this is another woman's furniture. This is another woman's things on the wall. Don't touch it. I think she's sincere. I really believe she. It's, she's not just doing it to please me. She, she's, we've had some real, you know, personal moments uh, thinking about her. It's real. So I'm living a blessed life is what I'm saying. And so if I can, you certainly can. And I've been through old Billy, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just blessed. And, and, and loving her and enjoying her does not deface Debbie. I, it, I would have thought so, but I had this big week of conversation with the Lord. And I wrestled him like a, well, he's not an alligator, but I was, I was in the pit with him <laughs> trying to figure out what I was supposed to do with me. Because I, I don't have a, yeah, I got to show up here on Sunday. You know, I, I had to get my life together because, you know, so I did. And I uh, just, uh, he, he, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you and I'm going to help you. And uh, so he did. But so I said all that to say, um, I asked her about putting Debbie on the Internet. She's got some marvelous teachings, Debbie does, on the Internet that were just I'm, I'm prejudiced, of course, but they were outstanding. And uh, she said, sure, why would we not do that? So they're, they're on the Internet now. I don't know if you all have been on uh, riverchurchalabama.org, but we've got 25 podcasts that are they're all edited out. I mean, I hear I, him and haw and uh and duh and stuff like that, but we got these cleaned up, and uh, we've had lots of traffic on them. And we're going. We're fixing to uh, uh, go broadcast and put it on Facebook. I'm, I'm, I've been through a lot as far as a lot to do and all that. She she said I got a few things, a few things in Atlanta. I'd like to bring here a few things. Well, <laughs> few is a relative term, <laughs> and we found more stuff than she remembered, and we filled up an eight by twelve. Uh, trailer and i'm i'm gonna go get her tomorrow she had her grandson saturday as i told y'all sunday so i'm gonna fish her out of atlanta tomorrow and bring back a few more things but the whole i get off the subject here um debbie she's she had a gift in her it wasn't like most churches where you just get him and then she's just there she was full strength Matter of fact, I I always thought y'all liked her better than me. <laughs> so, no, you come back. You come back. Yeah, I, I get up there. I don't want them to have too much of you at a time. So anyway, just a marvelous gift. Now Deborah's not turned that way, as y'all probably know. I mean, it's not not a criticism, of course. It's just that she, if there's a gift there, we hadn't found it, but we hadn't been looking either. So I. I feel, I hope y'all feel as at liberty as I do to be able to refer to her in a service. And I'm telling you this tonight so that you don't think I'm taking liberties against Deborah by speaking of Debbie. She's just, uh, 
she's just uh, precious. And uh, it's just no different for me that I was married to her for all this time. Uh, and I forgot to tell in my great life that I had two sons and four grandsons. You know, the standard thing. But everybody's healthy. Everybody's working. You know, Colin told me the other day again. He said, Dad, every day that you're not living with me, it's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. <laughs> he said, you, you go, Dad. You, you stay healthy. You stay strong. You get happy because every day is a good day that you're not living over here with me. I think he thinks I'm coming eventually. So he's, uh, he's biding his time. Okay, I'm just going to read you a few things, and I've got some other things that I want to share tonight. Here's the two-minute rule. Are you all ready for the two-minute rule? I did not know this existed. This is on page 149 uh, in March of this last year. If you can do it in two minutes or less, do it now. So let's just think about that a minute. How many things we don't do it, we don't get it done, because we think it takes a long time. So how long does it take to write a card or to call someone up and say, man, I love you or I like you or you're a blessing? The two-minute rule, if you can do it in two minutes or less, do it now. Say no more procrastinating. Say no more procrastinating. If you can do it in two minutes or less, the prophetess or whatever she was said, do it now. Okay, now I'm going to just run through this. I don't know what she was doing this day in March. But she said, be careful, making up your mind and then seeking God for the answer. Be careful about making up your mind and then seeking God for the answer. Anybody in here guilty? Don't say. Talk to a man this afternoon. And uh, he's like, I know this is true, but I want you to pray and find out if, if it is. Yeah. I said, well, Radon, what are you going to do if, if I don't agree? He said, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> Be careful about making up your mind and then seeking God for the answer. Be careful about not listening to utterance in a service. I can hardly tell you that this atmosphere, this little painted blue painted wall and this marine grade carpet and, and all the things that are little here, will keep you from hearing, the atmosphere will keep you from hearing heaven speak to you. If you were in a majestic cathedral or a hall or some great robed man came up to you and said, thus saith God, you'd pay attention, you'd write it down. But here, it seems like the atmosphere tends to deny the majesty of the word. So I'm going to read it again. Be careful about not listening to utterance in a service. Be careful about not not knowing that the devil is working full-time to try to get you to miss God. Be careful about not knowing that the devil is trying to is working full-time to try to get you to miss God. Be careful about being willing to compromise the word. Be careful about being willing to compromise who you are and the word already spoken to you about you. I'll tell you, I am who God says I am. Are you? Nothing different. It doesn't matter what I've done. That'd be what I did, but that wouldn't be who I am. This is powerful. Then she wrote down, pressure is not from God. 
Be careful about finding fault with others to justify your decision. And this could be Proverbs or something. Be careful about getting in too big of a hurry. Here's the one I like. Be careful about not fearing being out of the will of God. Isn't this marvelous? It just comes from sitting back and meditating. I don't know. Maybe she wrote this down from somebody else. I don't know. Be careful when you start hiding, thing from leader, hiding things from leaders. If you do, you're off track. You're off track when you start hiding things from leaders. Be careful about blaming others for where you are spiritually. Be careful about blaming others for where you are spiritually. Okay, one more thing here. It says river, dash. You cannot touch the same water twice. The flow that is passed will never pass again. So you have to lay hold of what's here will never be here again. So you, have to, you can't say, I'll catch it on the way back. I mean, I'm interpreting this here, of course. But uh, anyway, I wanted to tell you all all that just so it would be out there and you'd know how, how I'm functioning and operating. And it wouldn't matter. It's, none, it's, it's not, it's, I don't, it, taint, it, it, it affects who I am, which then affects this place that I'm in. So I feel obligated to share with you what's important. So Ecclesiastes chapter 4. You know we're in a big transition right now. All of you are, each one of you, I should say. All of us together are, and each one of us are. Uh, you know, the, the Smiths just moved, a big transition. With They got, what, 78,000 square feet, and all of it needs paint. <laughs> you know moving, you know moving, hallelujah. And their house was built right after the Constitution was signed or something. It, <laughs> right after fire was invented, or the wheel or something. It's, I've heard the stories already, but... Uh, Debbie always wanted that house. She always wanted an old house to fix up. You know what that means. You know, we shot the bear. That's what we always say when someone says we. Yeah, we shot the bear. There's no such thing as we. <laughs> okay, chapter 4, verse 9. Two are better than one. Say it with me. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is alone when he falleth. Now, this isn't just counsel. This is a command. Don't be alone. For he hath not another to help him up. So the implication there is, is that it's, it's wrong. I you hate to say sin, but it's wrong to be alone in, and be in a place to fall and have no one to pick you up. I'm not talking about marriage here. Nothing to do with marriage. Not, not talking about having a mate talking about being in relationship. I'm in a, I've got two friends, and they, they did Debbie's service. And I'll tell you, this is, this is why I tell you all I have a, such a good and blessed life. It, it doesn't mean that I've lived a good or perfect life or, you know, every time I've made lots of mistakes. But I'm telling you, I believe God for good. And I told him straight up, she's gone, and I didn't do it. I might could have saved it, but I didn't. I couldn't. I tried. I was raising her from the dead from the third day that she went to sleep. I realized this thing was going south, and I was raising her from the dead. I spoke it to her day in and day out, and uh, for whatever reason, there's just a lot there, and I don't even know most of it. I can tell you what I think, but I'll tell you the truth. I don't really know what happened. I've just read and thought and everything, but uh, 
But the thing that has really helped me about this scripture here is that I have two friends in the world, and you ought to have a friend in the world. It's rare, but you and I, we're covenant people. We understand the covenant. We don't have to have perfect friends. We don't have to have friends that never fail us or never too busy, but we have to have a relationship. And I can call Pastor Avery, number one, or Pastor West. And I know they're pastors, but that's just because we, we hang together and, and everything, and we've been through a lot together, and we help each other. I just, I just have to dial their number. If I can get their number up and just say, come and hang up, they'll be here in 20 minutes and 55 minutes or less, and I'll have everything they have. It's, a, it's an amazing thing, and I've proved this out, and, uh, and I've been there for them. We ought to believe God here at River Church to, to cross what we would call uh, personality lines. Well, I, I knit. Do you knit? Well, we could be friends if we both knit. Maybe one knits and one drives, rides a motorcycle. It, it wouldn't be based on that. It'd be based on the Holy Ghost. And that's why I was telling you all, Deborah and Debbie, I didn't even know. I didn't even know this was as close as it was. And this, yeah, I didn't even know. But uh, again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? Verse 12. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. Well, amen. So um, Deuteronomy chapter 32, 30 says, How should one chase a thousand? Y'all know this scripture. How shall one chase a thousand and two put 10,000 to flight? So we have the exponential of the kingdom. The kingdom is not addition. One plus one is two. In the kingdom, it's exponential. One plus one equals a tenfold. So one is a thousand, two is ten thousand. So that second guy, that second girl, she has, there's a nine thousand fold uh, deal. So wrote down here, one can put a thousand, two can put ten thousand, but look at three. Three is a hundred thousand. Now I'm not, I'm not saying that little is good. But I tell you, we have a, we didn't design it, nobody even wanted it, but we have, we're, we're, we're all kind of tight here. We kind of melted together. If you leave the butter out all day, you know, it's all going to, it melts together. And uh, you can do more. I had a lady tell me the other day, she says, I like a little church. Well, I'm, I'd rather have one that's <laughs> not that little, but whatever. Four is a million. Five is 10 million. Six is a billion. Now, I want to remind y'all that nobody in here has ever comprehended a billion. We, we toss it around like, oh, yeah, eight billion on the planet and all that. It is an incomprehensible number. You cannot, you cannot lay anything out and say we've got a billion here unless it's atoms. Is that right, Barry? It's a, it's a huge number. And seven, seven people. We got seven here tonight and more is a trillion. Now, if you thought a billion was a bunch, a trillion is just, you know, the government owns, owes 20 something trillion. You just can't even, you can't, you can't even get around that. So we're powerful. If we just back up and keep our eyes on what God's got his eyes on, you know, in other words, we like what God likes. And if we, if God doesn't like it, we don't care anything about it either. And so we, we could get in trouble you can get in trouble. I've, I've been to big churches, and I'm not, tonight's not a, 
a case for little church because this is not what I want. I want this place full because I'm capable of, of putting, yeah, feeding a lot more than this. But, but I'm patient in the season, and so are you. Um, we're just going to have it, having done all to stand, we're standing there for it right now. Praise God. Turn with me to Mark chapter 4, if you would. I believe that's where I want to go. Yeah. We looked at this Sunday, and I'm really impacted by this. And repetition is how we learn. All of us learn by repetition. So don't think, well, he preached that last Sunday. What's this all about? Well, high likelihood, even if you got it, a lot of people didn't get it, and you may not have got it as good as you thought you got it. Um, I'm a, I am a uh, visual learner, not an audio learner, and so I have to hear things over and over. I, how I came into the kingdom as a farmer is I had an Alice Chalmers tractor, of course, all of us, we all, every farmer had at least one good tractor. Had a cab on it, air conditioning, had a, had a cassette player. And I had all these tapes from Brother Hagen and Brother Copeland and Charles Capps. Had just bunches of them. And I'm out there all day. I'm waiting for the sun to come up so I can start. I'm fueled up, ready to go. And I put in Charles Capps, number one. And every once in a while, you got to get off and kick the weeds and, and, uh, and uh, clear your lines. So... Shut it off and get out, do it, get back in, and crank it back up. Go all day long. And then when you get past side two, you turn it over and you put in side one again, and you go again. And you're like, really? They said that the first time? Didn't hear it. After you listen to the second time, you put that little punk in the box and get out tape two. Do that all day, every day. Something goes in. That's my testimony. Farming was a place to settle me down. I don't settle down easily, but farming, you're sitting on the tractor, especially if you're plowing. Plowing, you're plowing at two miles an hour, three, and you got 160 acres. It's going to take days to get around it, and you're just sitting there. You're not even steering. We've got one wheel in the ditch and two, two wheels in the ditch and one, two wheels up, and you're just sitting there just all day long, so you can put a lot in. Was, I had a great advantage right there. It says in Mark chapter 4, I'm asking the Lord not to, so I won't wander, but sometimes this helps. The same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. Now the question we got to always ask, and we're going to ask, is have you been to the other side? Have you, I remember, now Pastor West tells me this and reminds me of it. But the audacity, the audacity of me and Debbie leaving our church had 70-something people in it. I was, getting a, I was getting a big, you know, celebration every year and birthday present from the church. And she, you know, it, we, it was a good church, good church. And we'd started it and uh, been there 14 years. And the Lord said, Ch change is coming. So we prayed in the Holy Ghost just like we did tonight, just prayed all the time. And several months went by, and we just, you know, we couldn't get it. But then uh, we were having a prayer meeting at the church, and Debbie got bold with the Lord and said, this is it. Sometimes you just got to bite it off and said, this is it. We are, we are jacking with this. It's messing up our schedule. We can't make plans. We can't make investments in our house. We don't, you know, we just are on hold, and we're tired of it. And we had a week of prayer at different people's houses, and she said, she said, 
if you don't talk to us this week, I'm done. I'm putting it up, and we're going to go back to plowing here at the church. Well, about the third night, he an utterance came forth, and it said, Separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereinto I've called them. Boom, that's Acts 13.1. We were done. We started packing up, loading up. That was in November, and we were in Alabama in January. It's, it was a whirlwind. And I think about that. We came out here with $3,000. I know I've told you all this, but I had a $550 car payment. And uh, the Rhyme Garden Inn with uh, suites in Birmingham was 1100 and uh, our U-Haul was 1200 Well, I'm just about done, and we had no money. I mean, we had the $3,000, spent most of that, and we had no job, and we had nobody sending money, and we had nobody asking us for meetings because the Lord had told us, I want you to travel the nation. The scariest words I've ever heard because I don't travel. I don't know anybody. I don't even, you know, call up a pastor. I just hate that when they call me, so I sure didn't want to call them. And we came out here happy as just happy, fearless, totally. This is our parents are losing it. They're just losing it because we're we're heading off with the largest U-Haul truck with the largest trailer and a and a a car carrier. We're heading out. And where are y'all going? Alabama. Where in Alabama? Well, we think we found a place in trustful. Who's there? We don't know anybody there. We don't know anybody there. What? My mother said, please, please. Isn't there anybody in Texas that needs Jesus? uh, Couldn't anybody here? And so we just left. And I'm telling you, I don't know today how we made it financially, but we just, we had Christmas, we had birthday. Nobody stepped up, nobody, but yet we always had money. We always met the bills. I don't know how. I'm telling you, we were fearless. And that's what you call going to the other side. And God wants all of us to have a thing in our life that says, he said go, and it was scary as it could be. But bless God, I touched the other side. You're never going to be what you call fearless until you do that. Anything can come up, and it'll give you pause. (gasps) I'm telling you right now, I am fearless. I have been for years because we've been on the edge of collapse, the edge of finances, the edge of... Debbie had some heart issues when we were in Trestle, and she, there was... She's never had heart issues. She didn't have heart issues after we took authority over. She never had them again, but it was just a big blow up, and we, we catered to that for a little while till we blew that up. I'm just telling you, I'm not saying I'm special, but I'm saying I got that in my life. I got two friends. You know, Mark Hankins says that everybody needs four crazy friends that'll let you down in the roof. And I got two friends, maybe two more, maybe. And I know all of y'all would call. I know if I'd call anybody here. But it's even a greater point that these guys don't owe me anything or don't care that much, and they do. Um, He said, let us pass over. And, you know, we looked at that. uh, Let me see where I am. Praise God. Uh, 430, Let us pass over on the other side. And we looked at that word in 35 Sunday, that that word Passover means pierce through. Please write it in your Bible, because it's different than just Passover. Passover would be a Sunday cruise or a little outing, or let us pass over to the other town. This was a, the word is pierce through. 
And it implies that there's a war with everything that God assigned you to do. And Jesus assigned them. He said, we're going to the other side. And, um, and of course, right there, you say, well, if God told you to go to the other side, it's going to be easy. He's, he's, if God says you're healed, well, that's not going to be hard. Oh, yeah, you're in for a fight for the word, for the word. And we got to know that. You got to know it or you'll be, you'll be crushed when the opposition comes. And so let us pierce through to the other side. And when they'd sent away the multitude, um, uh, where's verse 37? There arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Now, how about that? It was full. That's scary when your boat's full. Everybody's got their, you know, their coffee can and they're working on it, but it's still, it's full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? So they blamed him, blamed him. You can't get to the other side blaming God. What? I'm an evangelist. I'm a soul winner. I'm, I give in the church. I'm in the nursery. What? What? What is this? See, that's not how it works. You go to funerals and they'll say, we don't understand because he was a good man. And, or this is a baby. Why, why, why would God do that? Because he was, he was a good baby. Well, all babies are good. Really? So we got wrong thinking here. And it sets us back. And we don't get it done because of it. So at River Church, we got to change this. Um, where am I? And he was, uh, and he arose, rebuked the wind, said in the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. So family, what he's saying right here, here's the, here's the lesson here, is that it shouldn't have been Jesus. He didn't think it was him to do it. He all but said, why are you waking me up when you could do what I just did? That is the lesson here. It's like, Jesus, come on, do better. You do better. You know, I get onto the song we sang, you know, nothing is impossible to, uh, for him. Did we just sing that, something like that? Well, yeah, God's God. Nobody's ever, you don't have to write a song about God. Nothing's impossible with God. It's, the truth is, is nothing's impossible for me. I'm born again. And like Garland said, my words do what God's words do. And we got to be sure that we stay that people. And I, I'm telling you, I am, if I ever was down from this last summer and all that, it's over. I, every, there's no, I am not, um, they ask us, they ask me personally to co-sign the note when we bought the property at Coker. And I said, no, I got in there with them. We're signing. We're closing. And they said, well, sign here. Well, what's that? Well, guarantor. I said, I'm not guarantoring this thing. Well, we never have. Well, every church guarantors. Go find your elders and guarantor this thing because we're not making the loan without a list. Of, and we need them to apply. We need financial statements. And they need to add up to the value of this. And we, and uh, I said, no, we're not doing this. I'm not doing it. It's against the word to cosign. And they said, well, it's not happening. I'm not guaranteeing it. So they sent it to committee and said, he says, they're already weird because the pastor's in there doing business. Now, that's just totally off. That never has happened. Uh, never. You always get the head deacon, the head elder, the trustee, or whatever. I'm in there as the pastor, and the board has empowered me to sign. So I'm signing, and, I, and they say, guarantor. And so they came back and said, well... We don't like it, but you have a strong position without you. And so for the first time in anybody's history, 
We just loan money to a church without a guarantor. See, but I had to stand my stuff. You didn't want to guarantor that thing, did you? Pam, did you want to sign your name on that and say, I hope it goes well? So I'm just saying, to go to the other side, you got to get in and go to the other side. You can't talk about it. You can't wish for it. You can't tell about other people that went to the other side. You got to load your, your saddle up and you got to go to the other side. Now, let's think about, we won't go to Matthew 14, but that's where, the, where Peter got out of the boat. And you think about that. Peter didn't, he, he was that same, it wasn't actually literally go to the other side, but didn't he do the same? Didn't he go to the other side by getting out of the boat? And didn't the 11, all their lives, all their lives, and you know, it's a long time all your life, they never went to the other side. But Peter, even though he sank, and even though the Lord said, ye of little faith, bless God, he had a little badge right there and said, I was out of the boat. Only two people are recorded in the Word that walked on water, ever. Wouldn't you like to be in that little bunch when the other guy is the Lord Jesus himself? Whoa, get down. You ought to have a go-to-the-other-side testimony in your life. It's never convenient to get one. Ah, this is hard. Let's wait till next time. <laughs> if, if, it's, if it's not hard, it's not, you didn't go to the other side. You, you, you turned around and said it was close. Um, what's my other story? Oh, the, the say I'm a water walker. Come on, point to yourself and say it. I am a water walker. Now we, if we, there's so much we don't have here. There is so, the list is long. But one thing we have, and it's the main thing, is we'll walk on the water. And if you can't do that, you hadn't got much. You think the Lord will ask you to walk on the water? No, but the devil will. And whether it's a sickness, whether it's a loved one, whether it's your money, there's always going to be a time where at one time or another, you've got to just stop and say, I'm going to Alabama. It doesn't matter that we don't have any money and nobody's waiting for us. By the way, they said that the pastor, Pastor Webb at uh, Word of Life Christian Center, had never, there was a parade of five-fold ministers in that church. They had believed God for them, and they were everywhere. Good preachers. Handy with the word. And he was going out of town for two weekends and a Wednesday. And he called me up and said, would you? That thing paid $1,500 a service. I worked him into my schedule. <laughs> it saved us. I mean, we were just, we were on the crumbling edge, so to speak. Now, if you were, if you were Dr. Doodledoo and came in, you know, Ed Dufresne or or uh, Jesse Duplantis, well, you got, the, you got the offering. But if you were in the church, you got an honorarium. That was so supernatural. They all said, nobody's ever had five services in a row. Nobody ever. So I'm just saying, I went to the other side, and it set me up for, for where we are today. I'm bragging on me a little bit, but only because of what the Lord's done for me. Because sometimes, now here's my point, and I'll quit with this. Sometimes it's good to be in a hard spot. Nobody appreciates it then. It's down the road when the Lord, when you don't have options, when you've either said, I'm not going to go that option, like the guarantor thing, or, you know, my mama's crying, saying, please don't leave. My dad says, son, listen, if it's money, we'll, 
we'll farm the farm for you. You just go do your preaching. and we'll. They all threw in to try to keep me. But it wasn't a matter. I wasn't leaving because I was in a bind. I wasn't leaving because it was not fun. He said go to the other side. As far as I could tell, Alabama was way the other side. <laughs> when he said go to Alabama, it's like, where's that? I'm serious. We didn't. Well, anyway. So you got to have a go to the other side in 18. If you don't have one, I'm not talking about when you just threw up your arms and you didn't have, you weren't standing, you weren't believing, you weren't getting out of the boat. You were the 11 that were hunkered down or that were bailing or whatever. Not that. I'm not talking about that just because you were with somebody that went to the other side. Some That there's an experience in your life where you just bless God, said, no, I'm not taking it anymore. And then the Lord heals you. At that moment, He just heals you. But it takes a lot to say, I'm not going through the treatment, or I'm not going to take the loan, or I'm not going to, whatever, whatever, where you just stop and you just let your faith say, the Lord said I could go to the other side. The Bible says that if you will bring your tithe in the storehouse, He'll open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot receive. And He'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he'll, you know. Well, what if that was true? What if that was true? Just what if it was true? What if you could lay hands on the sick and they would recover? What if that was true? Amazing. It's amazing. So, Thomas. We'll talk about Thomas just a second. I, well, I can't go there. I've, I've got it here, but... Uh, you know, he said, unless I see, unless I touch and put my hand in, the, in his side, I'll not believe. And the Lord was real sweet to him, real gracious. He said, well, blessed are you, they that, uh, that have not seen and believe. And then, uh, I forget what he said to Thomas, but it was, it was barely. He said, you should have believed, Thomas. He didn't go to the other side. And so his whole life... Listen, his whole resume after that, the 11's resume after that, all these guys, the rich young ruler went away sorrowful because he was rich. His resume, we didn't go to the other side. All their lives they had to live till they died and meet the Lord and say, you know, I'm the one that didn't go to the other side. You asked me to, Lord, you said, just give what you have to the poor and take up the cross and follow me and said, Thomas, here I am. you got to believe the testimony of others. You can't just go by like, well, I didn't see it. But if Lisa said, I saw the Lord, I'd believe her. I'd believe her if she said, he talked to me and said thus and such. I wouldn't say, I hadn't seen him, and where was he? And I'd say, yay, I believe her. you got to believe. you got to believe. It's handy to not believe, but it's not you got to have a go-to-the-other-side testimony in your life. Where we're going, it's kind of like the tribulation. You can, you can endure it on this side or you can do it on that side. This side's better. You know what I mean. I'm not talking about we're going to the tribulation, but I'm just saying. The Jews could be believing in their Messiah right now and miss the tribulation. But they're all the Jews that are not Messianic, that are not born again, they're going through the tribulation for the one reason. And that's to get them born again. God cares for them. Well, I, I don't like that suffering business. 
So I'm going to the other side. And right now we're in a little tight spot, it seems. Ah, not really, but it just seems that way. It's just hovering around us. Like, this is tight, and this is kind of tricky, and what are we going to do? I said today to myself, I don't know what to do, but I'll know when I have to know. We'll know when we have to know. So until then, sail on. I want to go to the other side. I want that well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Just to go to the other side, I'll make you ruler over much. I want that. I don't have another reason for living. My kids are full grown. I raised them. I'm done. They won't let me do anything with them. Every once in a while, I'll get to tell Carter, Carter, Paul don't want no tattoos. Promise me, son, no tattoos. Yes, Paul, no tattoos. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, that's about all they let me do. I did get the, I did get the promise, though. No tattoos. So what are you going to do? Well, let's do it for the Lord. I mean, you got your grand sugars, but they're not going to let you do much with them. They, they, you don't know anything. You're old. We know everything. We've, we've been here. We've been parenting two years. We know everything. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all over you. <laughs> it's, yeah, I see it from a distance. Yeah, just keep that up. You, yeah, you'll learn every lesson. Every lesson you'll you'll learn firsthand. I could save you some, but stay long. Amen. I got a lot more, but we don't have, we, there's no room for that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm going to the other side, family. I'm going, church, I'm going to the other side. I got some friends. I got a church that loves me, that just has stood by me in this, this thick and thin thing and just never flinched. Y'all never flinched for me. And so, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to eat today and tomorrow, and I got my payment for my house made today uh, this, for this month. It's so good. I just can hardly express how good it is. There's just no reason to be sad. There's no reason to be gloomy. Jesus has been so faithful to me and to you for years. I mean, not just last month, but for years. He's brought us out and put us in. And we ought to stop and say, you know, that's all that's required is a reputation and an experience. He's been faithful. We say we've seen the kitchen sink three times. There's nothing new coming. There's, he's, he, if he could, it would, and it didn't. So you don't know how he's going to fish you out. He, you don't know how he's going to, but he will. We, he will. Our job is to say, I'll go to the other side. Lord, why? I don't know. But Lord, I'm going to the other side. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. I'm going to go to the side. If nothing happens, if nothing happens, then they come back in a week and say nothing happened. I'm not going to flinch. If my money gets right up to the edge and you don't know where it's coming from, Lord, we're not going to flinch. We're going to stay on the water and we're going to walk it.